48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgarts. Tonight's headlines. Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development and Algernon Yao says he'll seek to tell the good stories of Hong Kong on his visit to Cambodia. Health authorities say daily coronavirus figures have risen slightly after the mid-autumn festival and the new People's Party chairwoman Regina Ip calls on the chief executive to roll out more family-friendly initiatives in his upcoming policy address. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development says that he'll seek to tell the good stories of Hong Kong during his visit to Cambodia this week for a meeting of ASEAN economic ministers. Algernon Yao says he also plans to hold talks on regional cooperation. Mike Weeks reports. Speaking to reporters at the airport before flying out to Phnom Penh, Mr Yao said he would be attending the Association of Southeast Asian Nations Economic Ministers' consultation meeting on Saturday. He said the discussions will include progress on the implementation of the Free Trade Agreement and related investment agreement between ASEAN and Hong Kong. The Commerce Chief said he also plans to hold meetings with other ministers to exchange views on regional cooperation and issues of mutual interest. I hope to take this opportunity to secure ASEAN country support on Hong Kong-China's bid to join the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership and tell the good stories of Hong Kong. Asked about when Hong Kong might resume quarantine-free travel, Mr Yao said the government adopts a pragmatic approach and will make a decision based on science. He was also pressed on whether he'll raise the issue of Hong Kong people being scammed and trafficked to Cambodia and other ASEAN members during the talks, but would say only that the matter is being followed up by the Security Bureau. The Commerce and Development Secretary said that while he's in Phnom Penh, he will attend a lunch to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. He'll return to Hong Kong on Sunday. Health authorities say daily coronavirus figures have risen slightly after the mid-autumn festival as the number of new cases surpassed the 8,000 mark today. Officials also said just over 2,800 COVID patients are in public hospitals. Frank Young reports. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Albert Au has warned that the city could see a few more days with a higher number of infections due to an increase of activities during the mid-autumn festival. He was speaking at a daily press briefing. The previous drop could be due to fewer people going for testing during the mid-autumn festival and that there is a slight increase in recent days and we need more observation. And we believe that more cases may emerge as more people become infected uh, during the holiday. So we need to observe for a longer period of time. And it is difficult to gauge the epidemic situation and the trend on the basis of just a week's figures. Earlier, the former head of the Hospital Authority and Center for Health Protection, Leung Pat Yin, had argued that the crude mortality rate for COVID since May has fallen to levels similar to that of seasonal flu. But Dr. Al said such comparisons can be misleading. He said there is no empirical evidence that the BA.5, BA.4 substrains are milder than the previous variants. There were 8,187 newly reported COVID cases, of which 164 of them were imported. Six more people with COVID have died. 
The New People's Party is calling on the chief executive to roll out more family-friendly initiatives in his upcoming policy address. Speaking to reporters after a meeting with John Lee, party chairwoman and executive council convener Regina Ip said the administration should encourage childbirth by providing baby bonuses. The easiest way to encourage childbirth, as many foreign countries are doing, is to provide a baby bonus. We have proposed this before. For every family, we can give them a 20,000 bonus. Of course, it may not be enough to compensate the cost of raising a child, but it will help to encourage families to have a baby. And a look at the weather, mainly fine and dry apart from some haze tomorrow. Very hot during the day with top temperatures of around 34. Some light winds. The outlook very hot, dry and fine in the days to come. Winds will strengthen and we can expect a few showers into the middle of next week. The current temperature is 30 degrees with relative humidity of 62%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Police say they believe a man whose body was discovered in Taku Ling this morning was killed eight to ten days ago. Officers have been investigating the case since last Monday after the victim's wife reported his whereabouts unknown. She said she had received anonymous calls claiming her husband owed a debt of more than $3 million and that she had lost contact with him. Two men aged 64 and 29 have been arrested. The 51-year-old victim was earlier believed to have been kidnapped, but investigators say they have discovered no evidence that the man was abducted. President Xi Jinping has told his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin that Beijing is willing to work with Moscow as two great powers. The two leaders held their strategic ties in the face-to-face talks in Uzbekistan, the first such meeting since the start of the conflict in Ukraine. Aaron Tam reports. President Xi, who is on his first trip outside China since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, met Mr. Putin in the ancient Silk Road city of Samarkand, where a summit of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization is being held. He said, quote, China is willing to make efforts with Russia to assume the role of greater powers and play a guiding role to inject stability and positive energy into a world rocked by social turmoil. He also said that China is willing to use the Shanghai Cooperation Organization to exchange views with Russia on international and regional issues of common concern. Mr. Putin, for his part, told Xi that Moscow intends to firmly adhere to the principle of one China. He stressed that Russia condemns the provocations by the United States and their satellites in the Taiwan Strait, a possible reference to U.S. Navy warships sailing through the Taiwan Strait on August 27th. Mr. Putin also said Moscow values China's balanced position on the conflict in Ukraine. Mr. Xi arrived in Uzbekistan on Wednesday and has held talks with regional leaders. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization is made up of China, Russia, India, Pakistan and four Central Asian countries, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. Here, the Consumer Council says over 90% of margarine and spreads it has examined contain cancer-causing substances. One had levels exceeding European Union limits, as Vanessa Cheng reports. Out of 16 samples of margarine and spreads containing vegetable oil, 15 were found to have the genotoxic carcinogen glycidol. 
These chemicals can cause cancer by mutating a person's DNA, and because of that, there's thought to be no safe exposure limit. But the EU has set a maximum permitted level of glycidol, and one of the samples tested by the consumer watchdog Earth Balance Original Buttery Spread exceeded it. Over 80% of the spreads were also found to contain free MCPD, which at excessive levels can harm health, including a person's kidney functions. The watchdog said samples of butter were not found to have such harmful chemicals, but do have a much higher fat content. Gilly Wong, chief executive of the council, said people should weigh up the pros and cons of butter, margarine, and spreads. Butter doesn't exist pollutants and carcinogenic toxic substance, but on the other hand, it is high in saturated fat and trans fat. For margarine and also the spread, it contains pollutants and also、uh, you know toxic substance at different levels. But it's mono unsaturated fat and also poly unsaturated fat. It is much higher than natural butter. Unsaturated fats actually can help your body. Ms. Wang said, "People need to be careful of their level of consumption of any food product and select them carefully to safeguard their health." The financial news outlet Yichai says property developers in Guangzhou will be allowed to cut sale prices of homes by up to 20% to try to boost sales. The move is the biggest cut allowed by a top-tier mainland city, as Vanessa Cheng reports. The decision to allow developers to slash the prices of new flats by a fifth comes after home sales in the Guangdong capital plunged 35 percent between January and the end of June, compared to the first half of 2021, with just over 39,600 new units sold. Guangzhou authorities had previously set a six percent limit for price cuts, in line with most other mainland cities. Such caps are set to avoid sharp fluctuations in prices. Top policymakers have been urging local governments to introduce measures to stabilize the property market, and over 200 Chinese cities, mostly small and mid-sized, have already taken steps this year to boost fragile demand, including subsidies, smaller down payments, cuts in mortgage interest rates, and allowing bigger mortgages. Shares of Chinese property developers have rallied on hopes that mainland cities will soon adopt more supportive measures. A woman has been arrested in South Korea over the deaths of two children found last month in long-abandoned suitcases in New Zealand. The remains were discovered after an unsuspecting family bought a trailer load of items at an auction for abandoned goods near Auckland. Natalie Ching has more. The unidentified woman, who was surrounded by the press, covered her face with a coat as she exited a police station in the city of Ulsan. "I didn't do it," she said repeatedly as officers whisked her into a vehicle headed for the capital, Seoul. There, police say she will undergo a review at the High Court over whether she would be extradited to New Zealand to face murder charges. The woman was arrested in the southeast port city on a South Korean court warrant issued after New Zealand requested her extradition, but police didn't immediately say if the 42-year-old suspect is the mother of the dead children. They say she was seized at an apartment in Ulsan following tip-offs on her whereabouts and CCTV footage. New Zealand police said the children's bodies had likely been in storage for several years, complicating the investigation, which they described as very challenging. 
The authorities there have repeatedly stressed that the family who found the bodies were not connected to the homicide, and are now receiving support to help deal with the trauma. The founder of the American outdoor clothing firm Patagonia says he hopes his decision to give the company away will influence a new form of capitalism that doesn't end up with a few rich and lots of poor people. Yvonne Chouinard and his immediate family have transferred ownership of the $3 billion company to a non-profit entity. Here's the BBC's Andrew Wood. Yvonne Schoenard founded Patagonia 50 years ago in California. In an open letter, he said he'd considered selling Patagonia privately and donating the proceeds to charity. But he thought Patagonia, like many companies with good intentions, would then face pressure to create short-term gain. So a charitable trust run by his family will now control it. Patagonia will still try to make profits and will reinvest most of them for the long-term growth of the company. The rest will be given away to help the environment. Mr. Schuenard said the Earth was now the firm's sole shareholder. Officials in Kriverich in central Ukraine say it's been hit by another Russian missile. There are no reports of casualties, but it's only a day since a nearby dam was damaged in a missile attack, flooding houses and leaving residents to be evacuated. Kriverich is the hometown of Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, and there's been speculation that the attack was carried out as an act of revenge because of Ukraine's successful counter-offensive in the northeast. The European Parliament says Hungary is no longer a full democracy and is in serious breach of EU norms. The Parliament voted to condemn Hungary's governance by a wide majority. Here's the BBC's Paul Moss. A hybrid regime of electoral autocracy. With those harsh words, members of the European Parliament condemned the rule of Hungary's Prime Minister, Viktor Orban. How much he cares, though, is an open question. He's long been the target of EU criticism on issues as diverse as the rule of law and lesbian and gay rights. But the European Union is also about to decide whether they think Mr Orban's government is corrupt, specifically whether funds intended to help Hungarian people have been used to enrich his allies. That could lead to billions of dollars worth of EU cash being withheld. The cryptocurrency Ethereum has completed a major software upgrade in an attempt to drastically reduce its energy usage. Known as the merge, the update will change the way Ethereum transactions take place and how tokens are created, reducing energy consumption by up to 90%. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Aljunon Yao, says he'll seek to tell the good stories of Hong Kong on his visit to Cambodia. Health authorities say daily coronavirus figures have risen slightly after the mid-autumn festival and the new People's Party chairwoman, Regina Ip, calls on the chief executive to roll out more family-friendly initiatives in his upcoming policy address. That's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. And a very good evening to you. If you've just tuned in and you've had a bit of a day of it and you just want a bit of time to chill out and relax. 45 minutes of songs from our good old days 
And if you'd like one of your own, just send her an email to radiopete at gmail. First one for you tonight is a good old song from Mr. Dean Martin. Together, Someone like 